He has a better record deal than like the role the Beatles ever got. What is good? Welcome to As Seen on the Streets. ASOS. Podcast. ASOS, baby. Um, it's your boy Mike. Max. Freddie Kelly. We got. Scotty, the guest. Tank Crimes, baby. Hey. Welcome, welcome. Scotty, you've been going strong for some years now. Uh, like I've been long, knowing you for some years. Like, you've been going strong for this. You built this uh, label from you, ground up. What are you going strong? What is, what is this? I've been growing this body for forty-one years. <laughs> you in this mind. And now you're vegan <laughs> too. So like you're really gonna you're really getting some good, bro. But hey, <laughs> Tank Crimes in the building. Scotty's in the building. Oh, um, oh. Shout out to all the listeners that's gonna be tuning in um, and checking out this episode. Yes. Uh, we're excited to have you. Uh, our first punk and metal. Um, well, I guess second. Second, actually, yes. Because, yeah. well, Los Wicos is actually underneath Scotty, so. Well, there you go. Um, we have well, I wouldn't have, say that. They got have, their own thing going. They have their own thing going, but we in have. Peru, we, we, in Peru. But in Oakland, they're just, they're working underneath Tank Crimes. Got yeah. you, got you, got you. We're so, definitely head out, though. for <coughs> listeners, what is Tank Crimes? And Tank Crimes? Do? Tank Crimes is a record label. Okay. Uh, promotion, booking shows. And I like to, without putting too much hyperbole on it, I like to think some sort of community Absolutely. and even boiling down even further to a family Absolutely. when you get to the inner sure. circle. Yeah. yeah. And so you run everything. But it's all based on music, on punk and metal music. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of like, um, that's the foundation is the music. Yeah. And then, and then, what's what's grown around it has been the friends that I've made in the twenty years that I've been participating. Originally from uh, Michigan, because the thing is, is the punk and metal is 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 the culture is huge out here, yeah. um, in, in the Bay Area. Um, and I lived in Berkeley, so uh, eventually we're going to talk about nine two four Gilman, yep, which is huge in Berkeley. And this is uh, is that so? Mm-hmm. It is, but like it's not, not as popping. Not as, as popping as it was. Yeah. Not as popping as, as when we, it was. When we hit that chapter, we can dig in because there's a lot of good history, and then exactly. <laughs> tell, hey, tell, tell, tell us about Michigan, though. Like, tell us yes. about like tell us about where tell us okay. about where you're from. Your upbringing. Yes. Grew up in a small town called Brighton, Michigan. Brighton, um, Brighton. Shout out Brighton. It was um, rural when I was younger. It's probably. Massively suburban now. How far from Detroit is that? One hour from Detroit. One hour from Detroit. One That's hour right. from Detroit and about 25 minutes from Ann Arbor, which was the closest gotcha. city, which is where University of Michigan is. Yeah. And that, so Ann Arbor was actually a closer, like, point of culture. Well, I was I started going to Ann Arbor when I was younger yeah. than when I went to Detroit. I mean, Detroit's story has been told a million times over. Right. Everyone knows they've been in this slow revival for 20 yeah, years. Dude. But I mean, when I would go to Detroit for shows when I was 17 years old, I mean, I was shook when we would go down there. Like we yeah. would drive down there, we would get out of the car, we would go to the club, we would get back in our car and we would drive the fuck home. Got you. 
But that's also just like being naive. Like, you know how that is. Like, once you're more comfortable somewhere, you're more comfortable somewhere. Right. right. When uh, you're just visiting. To when you're just visiting and you don't know. And then, like, coming with, like, the weight that Detroit comes with. When yeah. I'm just, yeah, like, a, yeah. not even a suburban kid, a rural kid, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, that's just stuff you learn, right. you know, from experiences. And we had none. So that was the experience we made. Go to the show. Leave. Yeah. So how, how uh, realistic was 8 Mile? Uh, yeah. Eight mile. Eight mile, baby. It is a street. I've okay. been there. Um, you know, I can't really speak that much. Time there now, as a as with touring acts mm -hmm. in Detroit, than I ever really spent there when I lived there. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I've had more Detroit experiences now since I've lived in California than I ever right. did as a right. kid. add up to you know less than a dozen times i went down there to see bands but i moved to california when i was 18. dude how was your so transition there from, from there, there to california well what i did was the first place i lived in california was south lake tahoe gotcha and what i wanted like michigan's just kind of flat and yeah. not anything going on and i really i knew i wanted to get the fuck out i yeah. always knew that <laughs> and i knew and so i'd, I'd stayed i graduated high school and then I got to Lake Tahoe and I was like, this is so fucking beautiful. Yeah. It's exactly what I thought. Like, what could I, right. what could be a more beautiful place right. from just coming from flat ass Michigan? <laughs> you got the lake, you got the mountains, you got the yeah. blue skies, the snow, all the stuff. And I'm not really like an extreme sports person, but when I got there, I was like snowboarding and stuff like yeah. that. And, uh, but it didn't take long at all to realize like South Lake Tahoe without the tourists yeah. actually isn't much bigger than the town I grew up in. Right, right, right. Like, but, so, but you aren't tipping cows anymore. No, know? no, no. I was a place, but I mean, then it's like casino right. and yeah. um, ski lodge lifestyle. Yeah. And I, we get there, I'm with some friends and you know, we're just out of high school girls like we had yeah. like the party house yeah you know so it's like we're 18 and 19 and we're hanging out with people 17 16 18 right and so i was like ah this isn't really what i thought it was gonna be moving right. i'm in a smaller right. town like I, we already know everybody being there for yeah. one winter season yeah and i i came down to san francisco on a greyhound bus to visit a friend for like it was supposed to be like for like a long weekend or something like that. Yeah. And I just skipped my bus ticket home. Nice. Stayed for like 10 days. Why do I feel like the most successful Tahoe. stories are coming on a Greyhound bus and they just say, fuck it, I'm staying and I'm going to like, I have like five. Well, that's what's great about taking a Greyhound <laughs> bus somewhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? You might have nailed something, Freddie, because like, taking a Greyhound bus somewhere sucks. Right. It's like if I would have flown, it would have been an hour flight, yeah. and then I could have partied all weekend and been like, all right, I'll take that hour flight home. Oh, right. like it was like, dude, I, like, yeah. Like part of it, you know, like fucked with San Francisco. Part of it, you didn't want. Part of it was like, why am I gonna? Like, yeah, really, yeah. I'm gonna spend the whole day just yeah. to get back to Tahoe and, and wish I was back <laughs> in San Francisco when I get there. Yes. Yeah. So, what was your? Um, what initially made you fall in love with the city? Yes, yeah. That it was a city. It was, okay. Like I said, I moved from Michigan looking for adventure, and I thought beauty was what I wanted. And 
just from my narrow worldview at the time, beauty meant mountains and lakes and all those things that we discussed, like that Lake Tahoe provides. Yeah. And I hadn't thought like, I hadn't even thought of like, oh, San Francisco is just as beautiful. Yeah. With buildings on houses and people there, you know? So it was kind of like that. I got there and I was like, oh shit, there's stuff to do. I mean, just that rush of like being out on the streets and drinking yeah, beer yeah. and there's so much going on and people yeah. everywhere and you're walking yeah. past bars. And yeah. I was still, yeah. I wasn't 21, but walking past bars and clubs and or even just like city life being like, right. oh, we can buy beer at this right. liquor store. And were people like, like outside like rocking out and jamming and shit? Cause like in the city, like still to this day, like definitely, um, maybe like a week or two ago, whatever. I was just was I was heading to Bart, and literally almost like decided to miss my train because some guy was just outside jamming the fuck out. You know what I'm saying like, yeah, and, yeah, and I'm, I'm talking about shredding the guitar. Yeah. And so like I stopped and I just started watching him. So like, was it like just like crazy? It was just partying. Shop? I mean, like, we would yeah. be down. Uh, Lower Hate was the neighborhood I spent yeah, a lot of time yeah, yeah, yeah. in, and this okay. is not. There's just shit going so, on so down there. It was like all like, these yeah, yeah. bars. Lower Hate was like popping off all gotcha. the time. Just gotcha. like people on the streets, uh, house parties and yeah. shit. You, you can walk around that whole area from like Divisadero down into the into the Castro and onto Market That's and stuff. House like, party, man. We need there's more house always party. shit going yeah. on yeah. around there, and that was just the thing. It was like whoa. We can just like go hit the streets, yeah, and I can yeah. buy fucking beer right. at any of these corner stores, right. and we can just kind of go around and just that whole like new city vibe. Like, mm-hmm. whose party is this? Who? It doesn't matter. It's <laughs> yeah. a party, and we're in a city, right, dude. Right. It's like we're gonna. And go you walk inside. in, and you're like, dude, you just we're walk in, get a beer. It's me. We grab a beer. We start talking to people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. there's yeah. girls yeah. there. There's you know, it's just like yeah, exactly. Like it's it's just way different than. A smaller town's version of an organized event where right. you're invited and Super there's plans. You know, there's no RSVP to a fucking right, house party right, right. or whatever. You know, and, and you see the same even down there, dude. Like, Mad Dog in the Fog was always yeah. kind of a rough bar. Yeah. And uh, Mad Dog in the Fog. You know, Tornados across the street. That was the first place I drank a beer when I turned 21. That's like the original craft beer bar. Like wait, everything wait, wait, that's wait, wait, happening right now, what's it called? Tornado. Tornado. Okay. At at Hayden Fillmore, that's like the original craft beer. Everything that's Tornado. happening. Right like they had a little. They have like a little elevator. No, it's just door. right. It's just right on the street. No, like oh, in elevator. the front door. It's like an elevator. It's, it's it mimics an elevator law. Like an elevator has the buttons and everything. You know, I can't picture the entrance right now. I can picture like standing out on the street across from yeah. it, but it's right there. Okay. It's the original I beer bar. And just having that action, like yeah. Yeah. even if I'm not in the bar, right. that there's like a right. right. hundred people in there being loud. There's music coming out, the doors open, there's people coming in and out all the time. Just So you were like, I call it parking lot pimp. Yeah, totally. Well, there's also something fun about fun about and this is why I liked like big concerts when I was growing up and then like doing drugs at big concerts and just yeah. ditching my friends and stuff there's something cool about that the being like anonymous in a crowd yeah and still being part of the crowd right mm-hmm. like I'm part of something 
and I don't know who anyone is or if they, but I feel it's a, right. it's a feeling, right. you know, it's not. They're all with you though, like, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah, we're yeah, in yeah. this together or whatever, so. So you met, you met like a lot of like musicians and shit too, like. I just you, met you, all you kinds of people. Oh, right. I'll tell a really good, my okay, the very first day I was in San Francisco. Yeah. And this shit rings true to this day, 21 years later. 21. The very first like street musician I ever heard like singing like I, I think he was right at like Hayton Fillmore down there maybe at the Safeway down on Market but somewhere in that little area, and he said, "If I was God, he's playing a guitar. You know, I don't I don't remember the tune, but he says, yeah. if I was God, I would never have to go to the bathroom." And me as a kid coming you know from Michigan to Tahoe to come. I'm thinking like this is a crafty lyric to get a chuckle. Right. If I was God, I'd never have to go to the bathroom. Yeah. I didn't have to live in San Francisco. I didn't have to stay in San Francisco longer than that extended weekend right. to know, holy shit, I've never thought about this before. From my life yeah. up until this whole point, I never thought if you don't have a fucking home, where the fuck do you shit every morning? Of course this guy is telling the fucking truth yeah. if he was God he would go to the bathroom I never to charge my phone yeah that's my joke I added on no, to the serious yeah. layer wow. right down wow, wow, wow. but that was like so profound to me because I thought yeah, like I said I thought it was a joke yeah. oh okay like it, I don't it's not that funny but you know you bring up the toilet and it turns yeah, into was, a joke I was about taking a piss in the middle of the night and <laughs> yeah yeah, exactly. Like, exactly. If I was God, I could hold it, you know, like, and he's really talking about having to, like, evacuate each morning and going from business to business that doesn't want to let him in. I never thought about that. But in San Francisco, it definitely will make you think about that. Um, San Francisco should make a place for everyone to go to the bathroom. Bro, right, right, right. Hey, but 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 but, but now actually, you know the what? Best job, but they're slowly kind of. Well, because there was always those fucking. <laughs> the public like. Uh, yeah, where there's the like trailers. just people doing dope in there, like those things with yeah, at the, yeah, the yeah, park yeah, stations true, with true, the slide true, open true, door true. and shit. Like, dude, 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 dude wants to go in there. Dude, just shit all over needles. Right, right. Right. It's not a bathroom. Straight up. Yeah. Hey, now actually, I'm not gonna lie. San Francisco's doing good, and the thing is, I, I, I I'm. It's I, doing. I, I, it's doing better. Better. It's I doing better. Good. <laughs> not good. I don't say good. H however, uh, when inmates uh, get out of prison, they, they, they're actually uh, on in San Francisco now. They have like these programs to where they're the ones like they have those little portable uh, bathrooms that they can drive off. And the inmates, um, once they get out, they're, they're the ones who, who who go and like cleaning mm -hmm. and stuff like that. There's one on Sixth Street, like, 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 which is good. Yeah. Um, and like you know, you don't see the, you don't have to worry about it's clean and it smells good, and you don't have to worry about being in a bathroom where there's ne full of needles or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and I, Scotty, I was actually looking at your IG like like maybe like a couple months ago, or whatever, when you were on tour, dude, and you were actually. Um, talking about the uh, about how like the needle exchange, the needle the exchange. I was in France. You were so in this France. This is great. San Francisco, go pay yeah. attention to this. I did yeah. a whole. So I do this little thing called Tank Crimes TV on my Instagram. Tank Crimes TV, everybody. Uh, where I just, I mean, I actually haven't been that active on it the last month because I've been actually super busy. It's something that I find 
something super compelling to talk about. And you just got off tour and you went back on tour. So this was, I was in France and they have needle exchanges like a, like a drop box on the street. Yeah. Like a little free library. Yeah. And it was like for a fresh needle. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Because it's it's like, I was, I mean, there's a huge debate about that, but it's just like this motherfucker is going to use it anyways. Yeah. Get him a clean one, get it off the street. And that was the thing. I was right there. It smelt like piss, right? (laughs) But there was nothing on the ground. Yeah. Besides, like dried yeah. up piss or whatever. Right, right, right. I mean, it was clean. Rather step on piss and step for, on a fucking needle for yeah. an city where they know there's junkies on the street. For sure. Right. So right. Like, and they were handling. And, and that I mean, like that. fuck, like cities need to be conscious and and just own the fact. Yeah. <laughs> own the facts. Yeah, because in Berkeley they have Berkeley has like an ice cream truck that drives around and does needles and stuff, but it's not like. The idea of just having a, um, cause also the thing about a needle exchange drop off on the street is like, it's, it's uh, private. Yeah. You don't have to talk to anyone because yeah. there's a lot of shame involved with drug use, especially yeah. when your life is like when you're on the streets, you yeah. know? And I think that opportunity to be able to do it without, you know, people don't ask for help. Yeah. And so even beyond asking for help, when you need help, you want to be around less and less people that might remind you of that. Yeah. Where if you meet a person at a needle exchange in Berkeley, they're probably a really compassionate person. You know, it's the type of person that's volunteering at a needle exchange. Those aren't that it takes a takes a certain type, right? Yeah, and then they probably actually. But that person is going to offer you help and really be like, whatever you need. Just people like that can put some guilt on them. Some like I don't want to fuck with that. Like, oh, I don't want to go down to the needle exchange because then I got to hear about how my life could be better if I made all these changes or whatever. And it's like, nah, I want to get high. Right. I just want to do it safe. Yeah. yeah. And there needs to be a safe place provided. I mean, like, because people are going to make the decision anyway. And kicking drugs is uh, is a difficult tax. I mean, for people who have been doing drugs, you know, um, the entirety of their life or, like, for a good part of life. So, I mean, we definitely need to make it comfortable and make it safe, you know what I'm saying, for, the for like, and, yeah, just... Cities need to own, the, own that fact, you know what I'm saying, and own that reality, so. And there's, like, the... Like wet rooms or like wet apartments or something. They're doing this in Seattle, I think. And it was. And those are like safe injection sites. Is that what that is? It was more for drinking, but I think like all drugs. I'm not really sure, but it was it was like homeless shelters where you could drink there because like so so many people that are homeless. Oh, won't check in for help because they're an addict or anything. And then what ended up happening was like the people who used it ended up there's way more recovery rates, people getting sober, who are able to like have a space to like live and then like think and and then, you know, start to make that change as opposed yeah. to this constant cycle of being on the street, being cold, wanting booze, shit happening to you, wanting yeah. more booze, like. Yeah. I think having that, oper- that, that ability to drink or do whatever in the hotels, it does bring them in more so than having just a place okay you could stay there but like you said they're they don't want to come back because 
they're out doing whatever they're doing. And expect and putting those expectations on someone like, hey, I know you've been living on the streets, and I'd love to give you a place to stay, but you have to stop everything you've been doing exactly. to right. survive right. on right. the streets. Right. 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 There's right. so much you right. can tell someone like that, and it's mm-hmm. at the end of the day, it's really their decision, and they're right. so strung up. And I don't know what's going on, but and here's the other thing: when you put when you start like then you start putting authority on people. Yeah. And it's like, look, we're already past the point. Like, if you're on the streets, you've kind of already burned all your bridges, right? Yeah. So you've also got beyond like any of your, your, your sister or your aunt or your mom telling you like, yo, you're fucking up. If you want to come home, you got to live by these rules or you've, you've already burnt a bunch of bridges. Absolutely. It's a long road back. Yeah. Yeah, because it's hard. It's positive. Absolutely, I'm for it. Hey, so not, not that, like yeah, like do like, cause, on like, the streets. Washington, let's get off the streets. Right, <laughs> solutions. Right, <laughs> right, and like uh, you do like I'm just, like seriously like watching your Instagram and like what and following Tank Crime TV. Uh, matter of fact, uh, drop your Instagram in real quick. Like 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 Tank Crime. Yes, yes. Working where where working out viewers and listeners follow you give. Where can we listen to Tank crimes. Tank crimes. Tank crimes. You know if you what? Google, you don't even have to Google shit anymore. Type tank crimes into your phone and all of my shit will come up. T-A-N-K-C-R-I-M-E-S. <laughs> tank crimes, CV, baby. Uh, so actually, so I brought, I brought that up actually because like I do watch you travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've been on and off a tour. You're, you're, you're a punk and metal. Like, like you run the label and like also you're a roadie. Like, yep. t- tell us about like more roadie experiences. Like, like and you're doing this all by yourself. All by well, he started. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, well I mean, as a roadie, I'm working with a band. As yeah. label owner, um, I have a couple people. Well, you guys met Mark, so Mark does all the graphic design and layout yeah. for the label. Yeah. He's actually the only salaried employee. Gotcha. And then I have um, I have a woman who does my uh, publicity for me. But she works out in New York City, and um, I have a web store based out of Lawrence, Kansas, that handles all my mail order. What about like your distribution on records and all that? You have like that's all taken care of. Yeah, I have like a more underground punk distribution called Ebullition, which is like it's like a um, it's like a DIY staple in the punk community. But at it, they're actually out of Santa Barbara, Goleta, down south. Yeah, that's far. Um, but then what I was able to do with Tank Crimes is I kind of graduated from that. Yeah. Like, we grew, we outgrew yeah. that yeah. sales-wise and what the band... What, but I was able to sign with a larger distribution company and tell them when I was signing on, look... Um, it's probably not going to make a big deal to you, but I understand how distribution works right. and you're going to want to be exclusive right. with me. Will you please trust me that I know my brand and I know my fans and that this one little DIY distributor, if we can stay there and have my records available from there, y'all won't even fucking notice. Right. But it will do a lot for me still staying in this, like I'm not trying to fucking I want to keep one foot there yeah. you know I don't and that that's not one foot there. always 
firmly planted in the DIY underground. And then I want to be able to spread my legs as far as I fucking can from there as long as I can pivot back there. And then what's funny is I was like, shit, I hope they go for that. And they're like, we don't know who the fuck that is, so whatever. (laughs) I was like, can we write it into my contract? They're like, no one's ever going to ask you about this shit. We don't even know what that is. And I was like, well, this is the most important thing in my whole community. And they're like, all right, well, fucking fine. Yeah. Why? Because you were under the assumption that they would put you in another distribution company or there's just real I mean with anything like that you want to be exclusive with somebody if you take someone on and you're going to sell their stuff you want to be the only one selling their stuff and so um, not a lot of labels find themselves in that position but I always find myself like I never make a move growth wise until the people at the other end of that growth already know what I am, what I'm doing, and are expecting me. Yeah. I haven't done a lot of knocking on doors. I've been a lot of fucking working where I'm at until people knock back, you know? And that always has put it where I'm not, I mean, Dude, that's how I'm a record label, so I'm a salesman, you know? But it's like, I know my community. I I know who I'm selling to, because that's me. So you're doing a lot of the footwork already. So exactly. And that's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, look, I'm going to do all this. It is just me. Um, If you appreciate what I'm doing right now, trust me to do it right. And let's partner up. Let's partner up. Like, let me, you know, I haven't, I I make fool's money, dude. You know, like the distributors that work for me, they, otherwise they'd tell me to go fucking kick rocks. (laughs) Straight up, straight up. Yeah, we were talking earlier about like royalties and stuff, um, um, and I did, like like I actually got a better understanding after talking to you about that, and that's something that you like oversee and you do for your support. Mm-hmm. So you do a lot of stuff, like you do like everything for your like for your band or for your bands, you know. Um, tell us about like let's go back over that conversation earlier. What I was telling you, I think it is interesting to the podcast yes. is that. Um, so like because people don't understand like people don't understand how how you how you actually make money you like like you get it and and, and then also like because dude he has he has a, dude he has a lot of followers he has a huge following like he sells a lot and like like this is all like stem from his footwork mm-hmm. however you know he is getting like he, he is working <laughs> with like you know and, and getting like assisted or whatever down but however Dude, people think that because you sell or are you are you sold this much that you must be like million, you know? No, like it's not that. Like so, like uh, for artists to be educated on like it's not just some get rich quick. Yeah, you know. Right, you don't have the hit song and then. Like, Dude, people it's not. Yeah. It's like it's not as get rich quick as you think. Yeah. And well, and like I, I was even educated on that uh, earlier because I I had no clue mm-hmm. and so, like. I would think that they will make more, but do artists do get like, get like kind of like. What I do with the label, I'll break it down before we go in. I know you're talking about Spotify. Spotify, I'll I'll reel it back a little earlier. So we do, so we still do physical releases, vinyl. And um, 
I'm really lucky because we still sell a lot of vinyl, especially, yeah. and even some yeah, CDs it, too, it, but we still sell a yet. lot of vinyl. I mean, these yeah. records I've brought have to be repressed every year to stay nice. in print. That's yeah. And we make them, at, you know, it's not, we're not going overboard. We'll make them one or 2,000 at a time and wait until they sell out and then yeah. make a thousand more and then yeah. keep going. So there's the vinyl, there's the physical products, and that's what we were talking about, my distributors. Yeah. And then, of course, there's digital. Yeah. And now... And digital's the... Digital's what's up right now. Digital's, digital's what's, what's up, up right, right now. now. Streaming. Let's go... To, and then let's break it down because there's a bunch of different services. Apple, Deezer, Amazon, Tidal, all that stuff. Yeah. But check it out. It's... Everyone's on Spotify. Right. Like when I get my numbers, it's just like 90... Three percent of the streams are from Spotify, and the five other fucking people are all fighting over that last like seven percent. That's, that's why I couldn't find. I I search. I have Apple uh -huh. myself. Yeah, I couldn't find. There, but yeah. Well, maybe it's because I was just I was searching up in particularly tank climate. Tank crime, but that's. The I wish label. that they would. I wish there was a label search. Yeah, yeah there digital. should be a label. That's search. actually a huge flaw. There I should think. be a I label search. Were, yo, there Spotify, if you listen. Spotify, exactly. Hey, yo, Apple, yo, hey. yo, yo, Tim Apple, what's Cold, up, dude? Right? Label one. search. Label um, search. But yeah, I did further research and I, I started finding more. And then I was like, oh wait, obviously it's because it's the record label. Then I right, said, yeah, right, yeah. So and this is what we talk about. Yeah, okay, got you. And then. Break it down. One million streams equals five thousand dollars. And then you have to divvy that up. <laughs> but that's not <laughs> a million streams. That's a fucking lot. That's I mean, lot, if we're dude. talking about hip hop, that's pretty normal for somebody, an established artist, to be pulling on million streams. It's, it's like what point zero 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 something. Point zero zero five. Damn. Per, per stream. Yeah, so if you that's why it's super easy when you do that million because you got the zero zero five and you just yeah. remember the, your old math class, you just keep bringing yeah. that decibel over, yeah, for every zero, yeah, yeah. yeah exactly. Oh, they figured out how to split a penny, dude. It's yeah. not even half a penny, it's half a half of a penny. They figured out how to split a penny, it's like cryptocurrency. Wow. You, you, can buy, you can buy a part of a crypto. I mean, they did some shit that businesses wish they could have done for. Ever, right. dude, yeah. split a penny to pay. Yeah. I mean, since the beginning of time, yeah. bosses wish they could have taken a penny and cut it in half right. to pay you with right. that shit. Right, yeah. right. That Spotify, Spotify. I mean, they charge, but then they also have ads, right? Yeah. So, so it's a, most of that money, I think, is coming from advertisers. I'm guessing. Yeah. Well, that company has only turned a profit. This is where this is where capitalism's fucked up. The owner of Spotify's a billionaire. Yeah. His company's never turned a profit, right. and mm -hmm. everyone that supplies him his content is underpaid. Yeah. Yeah, and that's <laughs> that can only yeah, it's ridiculous. That's like, just like the exact. You're like, wait, your company doesn't make money. Yeah. And you but have a billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right, right. It happened in a fuck? great economy where you have like very wealthy investors who are just. Yeah, because that's what it is. It's all speculative, and they were able to get the the major labels to buy in because yeah. they yeah. they were just fucking in a tailspin. 
Yeah. You know, and they just jumped on. Yeah. Right. And it did so, save it. Make no mistake. They were like Napster that actually, but they, instead of like blocking out the record labels, they, they brought them in. They came and sat down in a room. Damn, Napster. You know, yeah. pulled the curtains Napster's and like, fucking like, hammered like, it like, out. Yeah. 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 Right, 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 right. <laughs> so it takes a lot. Like, make no mistake, a lot of people are making a lot of money through right. streaming. You right. know, I'm not dealing in a in a mainstream popular music genre. You yeah. know, basically, and that's the thing is that Spotify, they go where the money is. I mean, they push towards pop right. and hip hop. Right. You know, because that's those are the most popular music in the world. Right. You For know? Them, it's all about it. It's just getting as many users as possible so they can get advertisers yeah. and the users to pay. Exactly. Yeah. And so, and you you went outside of like. Uh, out of a punk and metal, um, actually, I did one hip hop release. He did, he I did, did one like, hip hop release. Like, it was rock it was badass. That's it was badass. Tell us, did, tell me about tell us about that really quick, because I, well, I just did place. a split seven inch with Ghoul, my yeah. the biggest band on my label, yeah. and uh, Ill Bill from nonfiction Ill Bill from from, yeah. from from Brooklyn. Yeah, from, the, from the East Coast. Shout out Brooklyn. So, shout out BK. Shout out Ill Bill, Gore-Tex, Nonfiction, yes. Eclipse, yeah. the whole crew. Yeah, dude, it was Yeah, sick. It was worked with them. That was project. a total honor. And sick those guys, project. to give them credit, like we knew that they were metalheads. Yeah. Like we knew because they've, they've rhymed about it. Right. And they rhymed about it in a way where it's not like fucking a Kardashian wearing a Metallica t-shirt. They right. rhymed about right. it in a way where it was like, oh shit, these motherfuckers understand. <laughs> Kardashian wearing a Metallica t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> these motherfuckers understand what right. we're doing. Said, what would you think about doing a split? That's simple though, huh? Yeah. They were and fucking down, yeah. thrilled. That's what, what's up. Still slid in the DM? The band did, <laughs> yeah. DM. Straight up slid in the DM and they <laughs> were like, yeah, there you go, what's down. up, dude? Yeah. Hey, no, that was a big project. Um, definitely, you got uh, Ill Bill, um, Ghoul, Tank Crimes. Check that out, uh, listeners. If you have not, you'll be surprised. You'll be thrilled. <laughs> Here's the thing about Spotify that I wanted to say. Luckily for me, in this situation, in the way that the music economy is going, I don't work for money. I work for growth. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather see my bands playing a huge festival yeah. or on the cover of a magazine yeah. then I have care about getting fucking five G's from Spotify or whatever for you know like it's just not there it would be nice if the money came along with it yeah. but in my position the bands actually have more opportunity to make money yeah with with me having their back because they're on I've got a couple bands on tour right now and I'm about to leave again in another week um, where, where, where are you headed? Are you going back to I'm Europe? doing UK Europe for, wow. t- for two and a half and weeks. you just got back from right Europe, dude. Uh, I was in Europe in July, August. Yeah. yeah. Then we did the full US last month in October. How many, how many shows are on this UK? Uh, it's about uh, 16 shows. Oh. It's a short run. It's a short run because it kind of squeezes like right before the holidays. Gotcha. Gotcha. Do you, uh, what band is this, how many this bands is, are oh, this? so, um, the main band, the yeah, only, the, the band I work with on the road, oh yeah, we already jumped over this roadie shit, we're going all over, this is nice, we'll bring it, it's called Municipal Waste, okay, 
They yeah, are the biggest band. They are. I've never actually done an album for them. Yeah. Like since I've been doing this, uh, <laughs> they graduated to bigger metal labels over the years, and um, I kind of rode their coattails for a while. Okay, I still do, honestly. Yeah. Um, but a lot of people know what Tank Crimes is because of Municipal Waste. Yeah. I have one of their pins, actually. Oh, sick. Yeah. And yeah. so I work with Municipal Waste now as a roadie, um, and we travel the world together. And that those are dope. my best friends. Yeah. And that's dope. And that happened when first tour in an underground DIY band where we played basements and VFW halls and house parties and underground clubs. That was a tour Organic. with Municipal Waste in my band at the time, Votesec. We toured together and everyone can relate to this. Be a nice fucking person. Be cool, easy to get along with. Make friends, yeah. hold those friendships don't do your friends wrong and you can be part of their opportunity because those guys got, I mean, it was like 2006 when they signed to a big metal label and yeah. right away, um, the first big tour they got offered was 10 weeks with Guar and they called me and said, Scotty, come with us. We come need help. Us, yeah. And I said, I just yeah. said, yes, this other thing, say yes to things. Yes. You yeah. never know. That could have been a horrible experience. I had to go to find out. Yeah, and it, it changed my whole life. Right. Because honestly, right then, the day before I went on that tour with Guar, I was in a mindset about the label and about punk in general. I was a little more punk. Yeah. You know, and then when people start putting punk in quotation marks, that means their Gosh, version man. is is right and your yeah. version is wrong. That's yeah. punk or whatever. And I was kind of trapped in that mindset where my version of punk was like what was true and authentic and right yeah. and then there was other versions that were outside of that bubble and they were you know i i had an opinion about them and whatnot dude you know uh just like to like and like not to throw off the subject whatever but like uh i, I used to work at converse and like i learned a lot about punk like punk is like huge with that like, See, like, like, before I met Guar, yeah. when I was punk, yeah. if you would have told me you learned a lot about punk from Dude, Converse, Converse fucking yeah. sneakers, yeah. I would have fucking barfed all over this fucking table. Well, don't do that. It's a nice table. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nice table, everybody. Don't barf on the table. Was, I mean, it was my own being naive about what the music industry outside of playing the fucking back room of record stores yeah. was like. Yeah. And that it was like, I was watching these bands work their fucking asses off yeah. in a way that impressed me so much more than what we were doing. What we were doing seemed so sloppy to me all of a sudden mm -hmm. after I watched how they did it. And I took that home with me and was like, oh, I know there's no longer a glass ceiling on what I'm doing. And that glass ceiling was self-imposed. I just thought yeah, I right. live in this bubble. That's where I'm staying. And when I did that, I thought 
man, I just fucking try. I mean, Guar is a band that is from outer space that landed in Antarctica yeah. to conquer the humans. Yeah. Tell us about Creepsylvania. <laughs> Let's talk about Creepsylvania. So going on that Guar tour was a yes. thing. Now, one of the biggest <laughs> bands I work with, Ghoul, yes. they're cut from that cloth. Yes. They're from a country called Creepsylvania. Yes. Where they live in the catacombs underneath the city. Ghoul, wow. baby. They uh, they wear hoods because they're mutants and their yes. faces are deformed, and they're also cannibals. They eat people. Yes. And so their whole stage show is they go from town to town. I love the story. I love storyline. I love the story. They line. go from town to town, and they have like battles and stuff on stage with like their enemies and stuff, and they yeah. squirt some blood out or whatever. Yeah. But the idea is that Dude, they're on the tour because they're hungry. Yeah. They're on tour because they're hungry, and yeah. they got to eat up all these metalheads all the time to yeah. like stay. It's like yeah. the greatest place to be a cannibal. You throw a show. Get all these kids to come out, and then there's blood squirting in the crowd. You get them all like drunk that, and, 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 and dizzy, and then you and then you eat them. Yeah, yeah. It's like some vampire. That's so mm-hmm. right. Wait, wait. I love a story. <laughs> when you were talking about a glass ceiling with your music, were you talking financially or like? Okay. Like if I said yes to, I said earlier, say yes to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Before I said yes to that and learned that there was more, I might have said no to stuff because yeah. I felt like, oh, that's not what we do. Yeah. That's not, you know, like we're, there's this certain, it goes along with youth too. And I can't take this away from young. I'm, I'm an aged man. There's a, there's a purity to yeah. what you're doing when you're younger. Yeah. You know, and it, I'm not talking about like selling out or stuff like that, but there's this purity to something yeah. when you're young that this is, this is, my and you just don't want to get it dirty with yeah. stuff that you think is from the outside. So almost the glass ceiling, um, the glass ceiling reference I use because it has, because that's a reference to growth and not being yeah. able to get yeah. past, yeah. but it really is more just the bubble I was living in. That's that right. I thought that, I couldn't that, go out and that I would tarnish yeah. what we were doing by, by bringing in extra things. What's crazy is that how fast the world I was in has moved past those challenging thoughts that like to me in the not it, it, as a kid, it was such a big deal to think about taking an opportunity as an artist. Yeah. Like compromise. Yeah. And I think now the whole world's opened up opened up to shit, throw throw right. at me what you have, you know. Right. Or if anyone's listening to that, like don't say no. Say yes, try it. Yeah. Yeah. That's good advice, man, for anybody who's uh That's for all creatives following man. You, for all, all creatives. You never know until you try. Dude. I'd love to see more of that or like fucking, I don't know, like reggaeton. Like, right. Well, I want to like, do a thing with them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I spoke yeah. with those guys is that my original concept, like it was super cool to be able to do an album where one side's metal and one side's hip hop. Yeah. My real dream is to do like a Judgment Night style album where the metal band writes a song with a chorus but then provides eight to 16 bars in between choruses for someone to just really just fucking spit flows over. Yeah. Yeah. 
the way like Biohazard was doing in the in the uh, 90s and other bands like yeah. that. Like there was that whole Judgment Night soundtrack. They teamed up Teenage Fan Club and De La Soul, uh, Dinosaur Jr. with Del the Funky oh, Homo yeah. Sapiens, yeah. Slayer and Ice-T was probably Damn. the biggest profile one right. on there, you know? Right. I actually right. met, I actually punished Del the Funky Homo Sapien one night. He played a private party for when I was growing weed. He mm-hmm. played a private party for like the five year anniversary of the hydroponic store where we bought all our nutrients from. Yeah. But they didn't really do it. So, I mean, they probably paid him like five or six G's to come do like 30 minutes up in like right. around Sacramento. Right. But I think he thought he was showing up to like a party. And it was like a parking lot with some vendors and seriously like thirty. Dude, was that the place there. we were at when uh um um this is how we do it at the players club? Uh no, because you were at a. I remember you told me you were at like a wedding and uh, rapper Forte. Oh, right? rapping Forte came to my friend's wedding. That's yeah. Legit. He performed, or he was just a guest. Uh, he, he performed that. It was song, a gift. He came in. He came into the wedding. He was in and out of the wedding in like five minutes. He. <laughs> it had his little programmed like fucking one verse off Players Club, one verse off something else, yeah. two choruses. Yeah. It was his total fucking drop in, yeah. mic drop thing. He did that. Shout out to Rapper Fote, man. He out here in the city too. <laughs> oh, yo, but when I told yeah. Dell, so when I punished Dell this night, I get to meet Dell, and I've been a fan since Mr. Bob Dabalina and yeah. shit <clears throat> the whole time. And what. I told him that he didn't know, which I learned in a different podcast with Dinosaur Jr. is actually the rock bands in that compilation were given a list that were like underneath the label umbrella, but they had the bands choose the MC they were going to work with, and he didn't know that. And he was like super stoked. He was like, oh, they chose me. He thought the label just said, hey, you, hey, you, come on. Yeah. And then they performed that song on Arsenio Hall, Dinosaur Jr. and Del the Funky Homo Sapien. And And he didn't remember. And I was like, yo, dude. And then you played fucking Arsenio Hall and Mike Beastie D Boys, played bass. Man. And he was like, oh, yeah. That Def was him. Yeah, <laughs> that him. Yeah, that was Damn, I remember when I went to Amsterdam like 12 years ago, I was there for like two days. One of the things I noticed, like the weed wasn't as good as Oakland. It was like, not? Yeah, even like 10. Because they talk Amsterdam up. But then, like, I walked, I was staying in the red light district in a hostel above a, like, weed store. And when I walked in, they were playing fucking Della Funky Homestead. Were they? Yeah. That's an international superstar, dude. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're right, you're right. I, 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 I guess it's more, I guess it's like a part of, like, the shock or whatever, you know, you go there and you're like, okay, they're, 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 they're down, they're down too, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, but no, you're right. Uh, Della Funky Homo Sapien blew up through... Uh, like skateboarding and stuff. Too. Did he? He uh, has a he has a huge like 
when what they called alternative music at yeah. the end of the 90s right. he caught a little he caught a little something from that that kind of brought him in through skate videos and stuff like that because Legit. that's right i don't know i don't know i don't know that. well he used to rap about like he used to rap about like wearing vans and shit yeah. instead you know like he used to rap about how he like wasn't fancy Gotcha. How he yeah, was gotcha. like, yo, let me get some shrooms and some yeah, bands yeah, and yeah, some yeah, weed, yeah, yeah. you know, like not. Like the Grouch had that, what was it, Simple Man? Yeah, oh, exactly. oh, oh, it's I'm kind of very simple, simple man. Yeah. I like simple things. Uh, uh, I, like uh, uh, I like beans and rice, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I'm, hey, shout out to the Grouch. Uh, that's Living Legends, right? Yeah, uh, yep. yeah, Living yeah, Legends, yeah. the Eli, town, man. Eli, Oakland, the Grouch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Grouch. That's one of my favorite songs, Simple Man. I'm not <laughs> yeah, gonna lie. So I'm not gonna lie. That's a great. That is a great. Um, hey, Scotty's put me up on actually like uh, Scotty. I remember I didn't know who MF Doom was before like Scotty put yeah, me put on Doom. MF Doom. I love it. Doom. Doom. Yeah. Like so, hip hop was my. The first music that I dug deep into on my own. That's the most interesting thing. Like, like that's way I, before that, I was that, in exactly that. That's most that like like that you run a punk and metal label. However, you're highly influenced in like was this back deep, in deep, 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 Yeah, this deep is growing up like so. Hip-hop. One of the first this like uh, WJLBs uh, real hip like too. a like a the R and B radio station in Detroit or whatever. And this is like. Probably like, all right, let's see if I'm like eight years old. So this is like 1986 or something like that, 85, 86. Um, they had a hip hop show. It was one of the first hip hop shows on the radio. And it was like 11 to 1 a.m. on Saturday nights. Yeah. And I would stay up and I would dub that shit off the radio yeah. and then do it. And then I would listen to that. And that was just my first deep dives. And then like once, then it was another. You it was, remember who you were listening to? Well, this is what's cool is that there was artists that I didn't know who they were until years later. And I knew every fucking right. word to them. And then it would just be like that, you know, because I remember, I mean, being a kid, you know, so 85, so we're talking about my first like hip hop tapes are pretty obvious, like Run DMC, Raisin Hell, uh, Beastie Boys, License to Ill, um, the Fat Boys was a big one the for fat me. Boys. I remember I played Fat Boys, My Nuts, for my mom, and she was like, <laughs> this is sick. Like, <laughs> She's like, what's going on? Yeah. What are you listening to? Listening and that to? was like the, that was, but I just wanted everything. And then, and then it was another couple years before I was old enough to like go to the mall. Yeah. And then once I could go to the mall, I was just shoplifting every motherfucking there CD you I could get, yeah. dude. And then right. I was just like, cool J, Big Daddy Kane, right. cool Modi. Right. I mean, Hammer, dude, don't hurt him. Hey, don't hurt him, Hammer. Uh, hey, you know, too short. Right. These are people. And that was always what's cool to me is that, like. You were getting too short CDs? In the mall <laughs> in Michigan, in 12 Oaks Mall in Novi, Michigan. I could that's steal that shit from disc yeah, and tapes or all the things. Like, that's what's so crazy. You had Tower Records. And then, <laughs> yeah, right? you know, and this is where it was all coming from. And then to even take that, it's interesting you said that, like, you were getting these because. When I got into punk years later, and I look at it now like, wow, the punk bands that made it to me 
as a teenager in Brighton, Michigan. Right. Those bands were doing shit. And I was like, this band is underground as fuck. Ten kids at my high school know who this fucking band is. Those are my homies. Right. But that was the other thing. Like, when I moved to California, even when I first got to Tahoe, there was bands that I thought were, like, underground and punk as fuck. And that's, like, what they're playing on the radio on Live 105. Yeah. I was like, yo, this is like, I thought this was like underground music. This is just like music for snowboarders. Music for borders. And that was also, that was going back, that's like, and, and it's a huge difference now. That was like music that made it to. Yeah. Now. Yes, there's music stores, but music's just in our pocket. Yeah. Every song. That's true. Shazam. Very true. You can search anything about Google. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, or whatever Siri your friend recommends this. to you that yeah. you that you hear. Yeah. You can go right on to it. Right. Yeah, with like you so I mean Spotify's kinda like the main thing, but like to you what about like YouTube? What about other YouTube's things? great. I mean it, YouTube pays even less. Put a couple more zeros in front of that half a penny Damn. for what you get paid from YouTube, yeah. um, which is funny. Well, not funny, but what's interesting about that is a lot of people that reject Spotify still listen to a lot of music on YouTube, and right. it's like, well, it's A, the same thing, right. but B, they treat the artist worse. Yeah. Um, but well, like I well, said, well, I'm all artists, about growth. Yeah. So this is the thing that you gotta look at if you're an artist right now from any genre, any label, any booking agent, any manager, any they want to know your numbers, dude. Yeah, absolutely. Right. They want to know how many people follow you on Instagram. And they sure. want to know how many monthly listeners you have on Spotify. And if you don't have good numbers there, that discussion stops. Yeah. Right. So putting It just it out dies for, off. Putting yeah. it out for free or like That's for your little, resume, basically. Can also make you money. Like, like I said, I work for growth, not money. If you grow big enough, the money comes. Exactly. You know? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's hard with Spotify, but you have to be able to look at the bigger picture. I'm an artist. This one, this one lane, Spotify, doesn't pay me very much. Or maybe pays me a lot, depending on where you're fitting in. But it's also the number one place where people are consuming music in the world. Right. Yeah. How I, I got a good part of it. I got fuck with it. Yeah. yeah. You know? Yeah, otherwise you gotta take a, you gotta take a piece. You're gonna right. get left behind. I mean it's the worst. I mean to me it's the worst. Like I never thought I was gonna own a punk label where my main fucking income comes from four tech companies. Yeah. It's like we get paid, my direct web store is the number one income. But then it's like Amazon, Apple, Spotify, fucking Google. Yeah. It just like goes down the list. These are the same five companies that run everyone's fucking lives. Yeah. Those are the companies that pay my bills. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. That's who I'm working for. You mm. know, and that's weird as an artist to wow. be like, wow, my opportunity lies within these five corporations right and so and i'm i'm coming at it as a punk rocker right yeah right. so it's one thing
Justice Corporations. I had to go from a position where you're like, fuck this. Is this a, yeah. yeah, well, like, is this a, is this a compromise? Because fuck those guys. Yeah. And then I call back. We're like, then it comes back to like, well, think of those bands I was listening to back in Brighton, fucking Michigan. Yeah. If they wouldn't have said yes to something along the way that maybe in the perfect world, they wouldn't have made it to my fucking ears. No fucking way. And that's like a, I don't know if it's a horrible or inspiring cautionary tale, but get ready to get in the thick of it if you want to go for it because that's, that's where it lies. Right. But then at the same time, like you said, like a lot of income comes from your web store and it's like, I, I don't know, but I'm going to assume like a lot of the, the web store success is probably due to having these other channels. Like, well, that, that people can check it out. I'd say like we're really lucky because the reason the web store is successful is because people who listen to Tank Crimes music want to own a piece of it. Right. There, I have a lot of casual listeners. That's fine. We love you. I'm so fortunate to have, and I'm so grateful that want more than that. And that kind of goes along with punk and metal in general. Yeah. Punk and metal fans are collectors. Yeah. When you walk into a metalhead's house, you know they like metal. This yeah. is like you walk into places. It's like. Oh, there's a whole wall of vinyl. Yeah. There's posters, gig posters on the wall. Like this, yeah. it's, it's a type of music that people embrace more as a lifestyle yeah. than a lot of other types of music. Yeah. And so those yeah. are the people that really keep... Spotify streams and stuff, those might be Fairweather friends. Like, for instance, if you get onto a really good, on like a poppin'-ass Spotify playlist, shit, I mean, especially if you're a hip-hop artist, you might quit your fucking job, dude. You might get onto that playlist, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, shit. I mean, we're talking about a million plays is five Gs. Do 1.8 million plays in a month, and you're a solo artist, and you don't have a label, and you just fucking got a check for $8,500 for one month from fucking Spotify. (laughs) Fuck you, boss. (laughs) You know, but this is the problem. I mean, this is also like the problem. Like, if you're an Instagram model, what happens the day Instagram's gone? If you're on a Spotify playlist that's paying your fucking bills. What happens the day they take your song off that playlist? Yeah. Yeah. And it will drop like bricks because I've had time. I, I have artists that have been on and certainly like the death metal and punk and thrash playlists on Spotify. I mean, they might have like a few hundred thousand followers where like a hip hop playlist might have like 17 million followers or whatever. So, I mean, it's, it's drastically different yeah, the amount of people absolutely. listening to it. But you have to identify where your popularity is coming from. Mm -hmm. You certainly have to do something, at the very least, pay a good publicist or get on a good label to get the... What they're becoming now, the tastemakers at Spotify that used to be the radio people. Now it's not. If you've done that to get their attention... 
that could be it might not be where you belong yeah but you could spend some time there like on vacation as a fucking rock star yeah on the thing but if you haven't backed it up by garnering that fan base yeah. and and staying with them and to and and massaging that into real fans yeah. you're just background music cash and checks right. and that's what's crazy is that you can cash serious fucking checks off being background, background music, music yeah. dude yeah. yeah you know like yeah. someone might not even know the name of the artist but they can hum the beat or they know the hook yeah and so you really got to stay on it you know so hum the and then you're here. just you're you're chasing that that's how an artist either succeeds or fails right. do you know how to navigate that to stay on top of it to you know to do it and and to, and to back it up with more music right to, yeah. to stay on these things right. you know yeah. but um it's just the way we're dealing with it now so it's on it's like sometimes i'm like fuck that but what's the thing about my career in music is that we've grown the whole time okay. like i started right when like the cd boom died yeah. I started like fucking on 9-11, dude. Like that's <laughs> fucking dude the well, like everything. Right. Yeah, but it was like kinda like fading out. Dude. You went from Yeah, it was starting to do it was starting to change. The label has always been growing mm -hmm. as the industry like collapses and rebuilds itself and collapses again and rebuilds itself. So I've only seen growth. So I can never, I can't attest to like big fall offs in the market because we're moving towards digital or CDs are leaving or even, you know, I mean, I was around with Napster. Shit, when I started, I was like, how do we get our songs on Napster? Yeah. Like, how do I get my songs on fucking LimeWire? How do, how can I be? Was LimeWire even paying people? No. That's what I'm saying, yeah. LimeWire, Soul City. Like, but you yo, does anyone know how to put my shit on there? You want <laughs> so, that publicity, you want yeah. that recognition yeah, I mean, that, like, Afro man, I think that he was one of the first like uh, guys that like built a career from going. It's just like fuck it, go viral. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then you have, and then you have it's like the venues that are like, yeah, I'll pay you to do a show. Like then you can start selling merch. Like, That's the thing about those Spotify numbers. That we'll go back to that. I started, I got it kind of sidetracked. Now those numbers, that'll you can book a show. Yeah. You can call a fucking venue. And say, hey, All we want to rent the place out tonight. And they're like, who the fuck are you? Yeah. And you're like, here's a screenshot of my Spotify. Yeah. And they're like, oh, tight. Cool. And you can even look at, you can even, you can even bust down those Spotify numbers and be like, here's my numbers in, in San Francisco. Yeah. Right. Dude, where let's make some money tonight, you know? For sure. That rock. <laughs> Rock musicians in general, not even just punk and metal, but rock, just even guitar music in general, really fucking missed out on something that hip hop totally got. While for fucking, I mean, now we're talking about 10 years, we're like 10 years into this shit, dude. For 10 years, fucking rock musicians fucking bitched about their, their measly Spotify playouts and 
no one's buying music anymore and just right. basically bitched about the situation <laughs> and called their, to, told their fans they were stealing from them yeah, and right. all this stuff. And they just basically fucking kind of wind their way through it. And to be fair, a lot of these people are people who made money off CDs or something right, like right, that. Right, right. So it's hard when you see your income change I'm, or whatever. I'm not going to lie. Like, I definitely remember going to like the flea markets and shit like that in the Bay Area. We have like flea markets in LA. They do too. Whatever. Anyway, but going to the markets and there's somebody out there just shaking. All the bootleg CDs. <laughs> bootleg CDs. And like it does. Like I, I remember seeing an interview with Tupac and like he caught somebody selling the CD and like he like slapped him up or whatever, like and he's like, Hey man, like don't sell my shit, like, you know, this like I work hard for this shit and like it's hard enough as an artist. And it is, dude. Artists are get robbed, but like, you know, and then it sucks to walk on the street and you have to be on the street and see somebody selling your hard work yeah. out there for like for that that rock and guitar music didn't get. While rock and guitar music was complaining about Spotify and stuff like that, because also it was weird, a lot of guys took this position where like they forgot that Napster was just paying them nothing for five, true, five years, true, before Spotify started paying them, true. Um, yeah, like the CD ain't coming back, bro. I got all your music on nah, my phone. You're not going like, well, I'm just, I'm just not gunning. It's just not happening. What hip hop did was fucking, they saw this phone and were like, holy shit, dude. Whatever I say into this fucking phone is accessible by anyone that will fucking listen. Yeah. And instead of fucking saying, oh, the internet's ruining music, whatever, it was a bunch of hungry artists going, this right. is my fucking bullhorn to the fucking university. And yeah. that's exactly why we could pull out a close attention to contemporary hip-hop certainly not who's on the biggest spotify playlist and whatnot but there's a reason why you could name 50 artists who are all fucking killing it but you could go to a room of people and it'd be like who's heard of this artist and you get a couple hands up right, over here right. a couple hands up here right. because that's what spotify and the, it, the internet i'm not going to give spotify credit for this but i'll give internet the credit for this People, even when CD stores were bumping, right? Yeah. That was only a small percentage of people who bought music. Yeah. Most people just listened to whatever the fuck was on the radio True, or whatever right? MTV True. gave them, True. you know? So that's MTV, why they were able to create these super... Like, I, I can look up whatever I want. Exactly. I have my choice. And I know about this local artist or I know this guy whose Facebook I follow who cracks me up all the time or like his shit is really cool. There's micro celebrities. And that's where yeah, hip hop sure. came in and was yeah, like, yo, pulled out their phone and said, are you my fan? Because if you are, I'm your friend. Yeah. Follow me Basically. and watch me fucking go for it yeah, you know yeah. and that was the other appeal too it wasn't like I mean there's a lot of posturizing and all kinds of music and hip hop is fucking maybe the most guilty or whatever but I think there was a lot of authenticity that came through on people's phones because as much as you want right. to front right People can see what your mama's fucking wood siding looks like behind right. you in the yeah, house yeah, or what up. dumpy ass car you're driving straight in, up. you know? Yeah. Like you have yeah. to show humility when you're broadcasting your life, <laughs> yeah. even as an artist. There's sure. the fake it till you make it and there's also just 
be real until you make it, you know? And that that's also what we've seen is a lot of people that labels, certainly major labels, would have been like, dude, there's nothing there. You've got yeah. nothing. Exactly. You've got nothing, dude. Go home yeah. and then they're like, now it's like, oh, I have nothing? I have 1.2 million fucking right, Instagram right, followers right, who exactly. I talk to every goddamn exactly. day. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and now those guys are like getting deals yeah. that like Prince couldn't exactly. fucking get those from are, a major those label. Those companies are looking for those micro celebrities. I saw a mini documentary um, on that dude, A Boogie with a Hoodie. Yeah. Oh. He has a better record deal than like the role the Beatles ever got in yeah. shit because he walked into a major label and was like, "Oh, yeah, I've got a couple million Facebook fans and a couple million Spotify people yeah. and basically I can I can talk to 100,000 people right now in right. this office if you want yeah. me to pull out my phone." And they were like, "What do you want?" Yeah. What do you want? Give us a piece of your money. You have a are getting in now because he's like, so then they're like, what do I need the what do I need the what do I need you for? And they're basically like, oh, because we'll just give you like we'll give you a huge advance right now. That's where it comes in. They're like, oh, I already have that. And they're like, well, we'll give you a 50 percent deal and we'll give you a million dollars. Like, right. You can walk out of this room with a million dollars and not worry about your Spotify check or whatever, yeah. you know? I've seen Lil B do that. Hmm. Um, yeah, Lil B, yeah. killed it. Killed it with that. So, no, you're absolutely right, you're absolutely right. That's um, totally someone who just reached out to, Lil B just started talking to people on Twitter 15 years ago. Right. Yeah. And now- He was one of the first really like- He really jumped on that. I mean, that's, right. I think that's a good, it's a good example. I mean, it's a better example yeah. than A Boogie because it's someone who's local, but that's someone who did the universe. Right. Uh, you guys follow him on Instagram? I, I, I followed him for a minute, all, but all of his posts are basically just posts of his fans and everything. Yeah. Thank you. Lil B follows me on Twitter. Hey. How amazing That's is that? Sick. And I was like, holy shit, Thank Lil B follows me on Twitter? Thank you, Base God. And I was like, <laughs> oh, he follows 5 million people on Twitter. He does the thing. I love when artists do that. Like, people yeah. are like, yo, yo, can I get a picture? Right. Like, let's do it on my phone. Yeah. I'm going to put that shit up on my shit. Hey, shout out to E40, man. He did that shout to out me. Shout out to E40. <laughs> at, at, at Vegas, he did that to Vegas you? Airport. Oh, yeah. I remember that. Hey, that was my first selfie in my life in E40. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I like, look for somebody to take a picture. He's like, hey, no, nah, nephew, we just going to do this selfie. He, he said we're going to do this selfie thing. And then he whipped out his arm and grabbed my phone and bam, that was my first selfie ever in my life. Shit, E40 so, probably invented the word selfie, dude. But yeah. Probably did. Probably <laughs> he probably did, did dude. Shout out to 40 Water. Shout the Bay's claiming selfie. We came up with it. Absolutely, we did. On Mamas. Yeah. On Mamas. <laughs> so yeah. What, what's like, are you about to go on tour? You just came back from tour. Right. What, what's been busy I spend man. about, busy I spend like four months a year on the road. Okay, well, what's, the, what's been the craziest thing Good and bad that you've seen on Twitter. Dude, Scotty's done some crazy I'm, shit. I'm, like, I'm, that's one of those crazy things. So broad. I've I've seen him on jump off jumps, first jump off jumps and stage mind. dive. Like he's done some crazy shit on tour, and like I just yeah, sometimes I'm just like dude, like I wish I was there to like jump off the fucking stage. Would even you? even not even at the shows. No, just like, I just thought of something pretty funny, dude. I saw this woman. Sometimes it a lot a lot of what happens funny on tour isn't even happening to you. It's happening around you. Yeah. You know, because the thing is is that we're on tour and we're doing this every night. 
But most of the people in the crowd, that's their night off. Yeah. You know, like they took the night off. They're getting wild that get night. They made wild, plans. Yeah. They bought tickets. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And so I saw a woman <laughs> jump up on the merch table. She wanted some free shit. We said no. She said, what if I dance for you? We said no. She got up on the table anyways. We said no. <laughs> she pulled up her skirt. We said no. And someone goes, yo, is that a tampon string? <laughs> oh, God. Homegirl was shaking her ass in our face on the table. On her. On the rag. On the rag. On her. She was, she was on that time. It was that time for her. And that's how you know people party. Because when that girl had one drink in her, she was very aware she had a tampon in Right. However many drinks that happened before she jumped on the merch table to shake her ass with her Man. skirt. She forgot. She forgot. Hey. She didn't do that I'll for our benefit. Right. Right. Did you so did she get some free merch or what? Everyone just started laughing, dude. I don't remember what happened. That's <laughs> one of those stories where like, I don't, shout yeah. out to her, Shout dude. out to her, man. Shout out she, to her. That's, that's like, like a, a on the merch table, I shake my yeah. ass. That would be a good <laughs> yeah. music video intro. Like it kicks in right there. Yeah. yeah. Jeez. I mean, a lot well, of the time. Drop of blood. <laughs> a lot of the time, what's blood. cool Lesser about tour spring. though. And that's. About tour is the traveling and meeting people yeah. you know and, and eating food and 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 everyone has dude tell them about the especially food. when yeah. you're touring internationally everyone yeah. has their own yeah party you to try the shit that they do there or whatever yeah. yeah and that's what i love because we get to tour and we're like Tourists with a backstage pass. Yeah. You know, like you're there as a tourist, but there's people there who want to show you the real deal or whatever, right. you know. Really cool, especially in Europe. Yeah. Is getting to like be like, oh no, 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 we're gonna go do this. Yeah. This is what's up. I want to take you guys to that. Hey, that's such a good. Point. Tell us about some of the foods you tried, cause you've actually are. You, you've, how long have you been vegan? You, you've been you've been vegan for like a. Oh, not long. I've been vegan for long. like seven months now. So how does that affect? But you? I was vegetarian like, like, before that. So, so, actually, so when you're touring, so when you're touring now, like you have to find vegan food, like cause I feel like I still have to go. Every like, morning yeah. when I wake up on the bus, like so we drive at night on the bus and you wake up in front of the venue. The yeah. venue isn't always open. When you get there, it's yeah. usually open. I already have the time. Like, oh, they open at 1 p.m. or whatever for loaded. Right. So the first thing I do when I'm sitting in my bunk is I type in my phone, coffee shop, because that's where I'm going to take a shit. Right. <laughs> and then vegan food, because yeah. that's where I'm going to eat. Right. A lot of times the coffee shop and the vegan food and the right. place I'm going to shit is the same yeah. place, depending on what town you're right. in. It's amazing. <laughs> but um, I would say that... Uh, being a vegan is not difficult at all. Right. Um, I remember early days of touring with vegans when I was vegetarian who we used to tour with this guy we called the vegan MacGyver. Mm -hmm. He would go to Taco Bell and get the beans. Yeah. Then he would go to Subway and get the sandwich without the cheese. 
and then he would put the beans on. He'd make his little homemade oh, tortas. He'd be, like, he'd be making tortas. That actually sounds genius. Like, it's good. Genius. Oh, it's good as hell. Genius. Talk so creative genius. Creative. Super creative genius. So stuff like that. That's some vegan MacGyver shit. Now, I mean, bro. They got a fucking vegan burger at Carl's. So you don't have to Jr. work as hard as he did to no, be a vegan. No, now the whole impossible thing, like they're bringing it. It's everywhere, dude. It's, right. it's everywhere. So I it's had, not that uh, impossible anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. It's possible. I had, it's possible. Uh, <laughs> it's possible. The possible burger. The <laughs> grossest vegan burger I had was I had a Mick vegan in oh. Germany, which I don't even want to fuck with in McDonald's Germany. at all. But sometimes you gotta fuck with McDonald's when you're touring. And then fuck it's with like, our Mick Vegan. And then it's like the Mick, just the words Mick Vegan yeah. are so like, dude, especially like coming from punk rock too, and like just like Ronald McDonald being an enemy, just like Ronald fucking That's Reagan amazing. to my whole culture. That's amazing. And then to be like the Mick Vegan. Good news, that thing was balls, dude. It was yeah. gross. I didn't, want to, I didn't want to finish it, but the day before, I had just like a French fry sandwich, which yeah. is like where it really comes down to. But traveling as a vegan, sometimes you get to have the best stuff. I mean, in Europe, they don't eat as much meat as we do here. They usually have two vegetables. Only moving off a quarter of the plate. Right. Where here it's fifty percent of the plate. Serving is meat, sizes. So you need more so stuff to like man. fill it in. Yeah. I, I was in Even Vienna. Even the serving sizes. I was in Vienna, and I don't know what compelled me to get this meal or whatever because I I read it on the menu and I was like, oh, this looks really good. Comes out, it's literally bread, not toasted or anything. It's just fucking loaves of bread with a a slice of fucking cheese. It, it wasn't even like a slice of cheese is it it, it was like a square piece of cheese yeah. and that was that was basically it but you know the way they described it on the menu it sounded like, great it <laughs> was comes out boom oh I get it because uh, it sounds and look better on the menu and then when you, yeah, when you actually well, receive it you're like mind uh, you I, I couldn't eat much because my jaw was like it was kind of fucked I yeah. got that's a whole side story right but, and I'm looking at my friends across and they got these uh they're called toast, you know, toast, whatever, yeah. a full-on sandwich. And I'm over here like, why don't you guys tell me what I was about to order? They're yeah. from the UK, so they kind of like... Well, those fools, they just eat like cold cuts for breakfast over there. Well, yeah. yeah. Like, that's like a breakfast tray. It'll be like a cold deli, like an American deli platter. <laughs> and you, yeah, and a cold egg. And a cold egg. Yeah. Cold egg and a yogurt in a milk carton. Yeah. That with is oh, like that is your regular that's meat the eaters breakfast. breakfast the hostel breakfast staple, dude. The hostel breakfast. A plate Basically. of fucking salamis and cheeses, yep. untoasted breads, yogurt in a milk carton. Interesting. Cold egg. <laughs> Interesting. Max and I have been trying to eat more salads. Hey, Max and I have a, a I salad Yeah, that sounds fantastic, man. You're doing good. Without being a punisher to any of the listeners about being vegan, I'd like to say it's good for your health. Yes. It's good for the planet. And it's compassionate towards animals. And animal agriculture is the number one destroyer of our planet. It's, I know there's a lot of talk about pharmaceutical companies and how many drugs they're putting into us. Yeah. yeah, they're putting part of the reason food. we need those drugs is because they've already put them into the animals wow. that we're eating, wow. and we're eating those drugs. Wow. The pharmaceutical companies in America wow. 
give more drugs to well, yeah. pigs, chickens, and cows than they do to humans. Dude, and they're not stupid. And you are they're just not eating that like, stuff. So oh no, they get it the, on both ends, dude. Yeah, dude. Keep the animal not sick so the animal can make you sick so right. they can give you a medicine right. to keep you not right. sick. And our actually, uh, that's funny you said that because uh, our uh, one of our previous guests, uh, Gaeta. Shout out Gaeta. Shout out Gaeta. Um, he actually said something that was very uh, alarming to me as far as me being an actual mediator. And I'll admit, you know, I wear the guilt on my uh, forehead. Um, but no, like the one of the things he said was that like, you know, the I think pigs, which is a fact, this is a reality. They have like the IQ of like. They're smarter a, than dogs. They're smarter yeah. than dogs. And so the thing is, is like, they, they know mm -hmm. what's up. They know when they're going to get solar, you know what I'm saying? And even cows. And so the thing is, if 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 we put ourselves, even like listeners, everybody, us, we put ourselves in that position where we know we're going to solar, we will be in a stressful situation environment. And right before we get killed, where that all that stress is just rushing through our blood. And then for somebody to eat that, that they probably ate all of that stress. stress. And so, and so, and so, and so. We'd be wondering as humans and like in our everyday life, especially in Americans, man, like we, we wake up and we're feeling like all fucked up and like all like groggy and like fuck, like, you know, oh, it's my day off, you know, or whatever. But dude, this is this is this is the stress that we've been taking in through our ears, through our mouth, through our eyes. Like we just take so much stress in sure. just in all fucking different yeah, aspects. Fear, yeah, and, and you're eating exactly. Like, and I went, vegan, I went vegan for selfish reasons. I went vegan because I don't want to get cancer. Yeah, I haven't seen a doctor in 15 years, dude. When I when wow. the information's out there, like, well, fuck, this is gonna kill me. I'm like, well, let me just take a step in that direction, and then that leads to other selfless reasons, right? Why it can come along right. the way, you know, and. And you got to be selfish to be selfless, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, mean, I think so, you way. know? I mean, I like to admit that. I, w I wish yeah. I had a more noble reason. I, yeah. I do care about animals, but I went vegan caring about myself, yes. and then it extends on to, to the planet, to the environment, yeah. to a gross part of capitalism, yeah. to, uh, you know, I mean, right now, I mean, I didn't notice these stories when I ate meat, and when you stop eating you notice the stories i mean chicken nuggets they just recalled like Damn, 15 man. million chicken nuggets because yeah. they got fucking yeah. rubber in them yeah and crazy. if anyone's crazy. paying attention there is the most gnarly fucking swine flu pig killing disease yeah. across all of africa and asia right now and it also like there's a huge economic thing with our with the trade wars and the tariffs with china oh, yeah. and their consumption for pigs oh, yeah. and um I mean, they're, like, they're growing animals dude, to make, eat, and then we're not first, even eating them. They're just throwing them in the garbage. Dude, like it's not. It's one thing if if it feeds someone. Yeah. But now it's getting it so crazy. Anybody like it doesn't nutri It's not nutritional at all. Yeah. And um, the like I remember when I was first educated upon how McNuggets are eating, because this is something that like commercially, dude. When I was a kid, take me to take me to go get some McNuggets or something a goddamn fit. Take me to get that Happy Meal. Safeway, Safeway had the, the fucking chicken. That was good. Oh, I love that Safeway chicken. Dude, make no, no mistake. But, but, I still but, but, remember like, how all that shit tastes. Yeah. Dude, like, but, but, I can but, taste just, a piece of pepperoni pizza like yogurt. right now. Like yogurt. Dude. The, the, <laughs> like, I can yeah. taste it, dude. Like chicken nuggets, like, it, 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 it looks yeah, like yogurt remember, when dude. it comes out. Yeah. Like, have you yet seen how chicken nuggets come uh, out? 
Like it looks like yo, it, it, like it, it looks like a uh, like you know you, you you put a lever down and then ice cream comes out. It's like a yeah. Slurpee. Dude, it's 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 it's, like a, it's yeah, wow, yeah. dude. To to see. It's like you like, ever see that episode of SpongeBob and they're making they're making uh, Plankton has his own burger shop or whatever, mm-hmm. and he it's basically like him trying to steal the you know he's always trying to steal the Krabby Patty recipe, makes his own fucking thing, and you look at it and it's just him making these fucking yeah. sandwiches out of this muck and it's just yeah. the same fucking yeah, thing. that's exactly. Hey, and the thing is, is cartoons and movies like like this, this is all from reality. This is not, this is not just made up. Like they got this from an actual reality that they've seen, you know. Like, and unfortunately, that is reality. You know what I'm saying, but I mean, I just it's good that like we just become more educated. And if anyone's thinking about it, or you guys are thinking about it, there's tons of options. And when I I slowly removed meats. One by one. Yeah. I stopped eating red meat. Yeah. Then I stopped eating pork. That's the first thing red meat. I think Matt, Max, you were saying that. It was like after I I was done with red meat, after I stopped eating red meat, it was really easy to stop eating pork. Yeah. And then, I mean, I was vegetarian for years where I ate eggs and dairy every day. Yeah. Yeah. Like that was my diet. And as a vegan now, it, it seems weird to look at that. Because at the time I was still, I was focused on the same health, environmental and, and animal issues. Yeah. Um, and then, I, I don't know, man, one day I just, everything. I think you know, Max, like Max, Max was telling me, he was like, dude, I just got sick. Like he was like, I just, I, I just got sick well, one day. I, I was not even sick. I, I've been a vegetarian for like 10 or 11 years now. Mm-hmm. And I was at a fucking restaurant in Oregon and I ordered this meal and it had fucking like beef, pork, and chicken on the plate. It was just like a plate of meat. Yeah. Random fucking meat. The whole farm. Yeah. <laughs> you bring all the All animals. the trash, yeah. And like, like halfway through, I just started, I had this weird, it was like a psychological and physical like repulsion to it. Mm-hmm. And I just stopped eating. And then like for the next two months, I tried to eat meat and a lot of times that would happen again. So then, like two months later, I'm just like, "Fuck it, I'm not eating anything." And it's been like I'll just have like again. a piece of chicken or turkey every like for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I'll, like yeah. try the turkey. Maybe one other like I'll be in a situation, you know, like I was visiting Mexico a year ago, and like my homies like cooked all these chicken enchiladas when I got there, so I mm-hmm. eat enchiladas. Yeah, I used to think that as a traveler. I would not be able to have the same experiences as a vegan yeah. because a lot yeah, of those that's, reasons. That's, 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 that's what and it was always, about. travel right. was always really important right. to me. Man, being vegan and traveling, dude, check it out, dude. There's two vegans that travel with us and a bunch of meat eaters. It, it depends on what bands, but in my band, Dude, there's days when those motherfuckers are looking at what we're eating that's like a bright salad and different vegetables and avocado and rice and all this stuff. And they got like just a piece of fucking plate. And they're looking at my shit like... I've I've definitely had that experience. You know, and it's like, dude, hey, look. I know there obviously there's talented chefs in a million ways to prepare meat that tastes delicious. Yeah. 
but there's some fucking bootsy ass ways to prevent a pre- present a meal yeah. that's just like a cow. Yeah. Yeah. You know that sometimes it's just <laughs> where when you have to remove that the, all the animal out of the plate, you have to be more thoughtful about what goes on it. To make it a complete meal, you know, and I'm down. I've toured long enough. I will eat French fries and a side garden salad when I have to, you know, and that's not. I mean, I'm sure you wake up feeling a lot better than those than like people who like had that meat plate, you know what I mean? And then they, they're wondering why they have to go to the bathroom and like so many times. I'm a small framed man. I only weigh 150 pounds. I've got a small frame when I'm part when I've been partying and eating meat before, like you've seen me with a belly. I've seen you. With you've the seen me with the belly. You with the you've belly. seen me before with that gut. I've seen Scotty gut. Because my yeah. body does not grow bigger. I'm a yeah. small framed man. So right. when I put on weight, it only goes yeah. right here, yeah. and it looks like silly almost. Yeah, you that's, know, that's I'm a small guy with a little pregnant yeah. belly or whatever. <laughs> Typical dad bod. Right. I mean. What we do is we call it a beer belly and I drink beer all the time So I always just thought if I ever want this beer belly to go away. I gotta stop stop drinking beer beer. Yeah Now stopped eating animals, dude. I I mean I sweat my ass off when I'm working a Mm. couple times a day or whatever So there's a lot of there's a lot of physical activity involved But I'm not like at the gym or anything but uh I lost 15 pounds when I went vegan in the first month and it just stays off. Like mm-hmm. I've just been flat across the front. And I still drink beer all the time. And it's the different, it's not the beer, it's the like six slices of pepperoni pizza with cheese yeah. before bed or the double double with animal fries mm-hmm. before yeah. bed. Well dude, people like, like all the vegans that I've spoken to, like have told me the change when they have made the choice to um, remain vegan and to eat right and healthy and be conscious of what they're putting in their bodies. They've told me the change across the board from spiritually, mentally, physically, like, and then even financially, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, uh, uh, because you're just smarter and more educated, so you know how to shop for what you want and how to, and then, I mean, yeah, and then you just- Dude, I know how to Postmates $60 worth of veggie grill to my house when I'm hungover. (laughs) There you go. Anytime, (laughs) that is expensive. Well, I will be coming to eat over with you, Scotty, then. Damn, this should be a fucking beer commercial. Everything you just said. Oh, I could do it'd be like a beer vegan. Like oh the beer like (laughs) it's that's not why you have a belly, son. Absolutely. It's not PBR's fault. Right? It's the meat company. It's your drunk ass wants to eat a block of cheese when you're done and then go to bed five minutes later. Right? Right? Hey, shout out to our listeners. Um every time we do this podcast, like definitely we've been talking about like a lot of like Healthy habits in my life. There's a few like, things that have been coming up, and yeah. like definitely the, that's been the one diet of them. Yeah. There's a wave happening. Not only is it the easiest time in history since hunter fucking gatherer to go vegan because mm-hmm. you can go to fucking Carl's Jr. Del Taco and get a fucking thing. Yeah. Hey, where did you go that one time? Where was it? It was like Wendy's or something, and you said it was still fucking expensive, actually. <laughs> but they had to in like Impossible Burger. It was it Carl's Jr. It was so, or went or somewhere where you went and you said like, I, like I, I got this burger. It was actually it was decent. It was good. 
But it was like just as much as like you would pay like a fa- at a fancy restaurant or something like that. The counter. Did, when the when the Impossible Burgers first came out, where were what, 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 yeah. I don't remember. But they when they first <laughs> came out, they were like twenty yeah. bucks for the. Super yeah. pricey. I've had one at the counter before. That but was that was like time. supply and demand yeah. at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. True, it was true, supply true, and demand. True, true, it was like true, oh, true. yeah, or whatever. I, there's just all that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, I bought. $1,000 worth of Beyond Meat stock, it's worth oh, about $700 right now. Yeah. But I'm going to hold on to it. That's yeah. just, they're, yeah. they're, they're, I Why mean, not? I don't know a lot about the stock market, but I invest in a few things. That was one where I invested with my conscience and I, I, I believe in the company. Yeah, if you believe in the company, you believe in the investment. I mean, what it, you believe in. Uh, Impossible Meat is an Oakland company. Yeah. I have friends really? that work there. Yeah, they're in Oakland. They yeah. fucking, they make that shit right out by the airport, dude. Yeah, they, mm-hmm. they do. I pass by there all the time. My friend, he's um, working. Yeah, yeah. stock market if you sell, so. Yeah, no, I'm. That's what I'm saying. I'm holding. Chill. It's worth seven hundred now, and yeah. I'm just sitting on it. Dude. Right. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a day trader or yeah. a flipper. Yeah, yeah. I've got a few grand in there that I've invested in some things I understand and yeah. believe in. Right. And that was yeah. like that was. Get behind it with some money or whatever. Absolutely. Oakland and Berkeley have a lot of like like vegan places actually. Like yeah, totally yeah. vegan, totally vegan. Dude, yeah, the, the 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 one of the best places and ironically it's named the Butcher's Son. Yeah, it's a great spot. The great Butcher's place. Son. In, like, right the Butcher's the Son. Yeah. That's the greatest that's the greatest name for it. That's the greatest thing. The butcher's son understands that the pigs were his friends. Exactly. And he kept murdering them. Exactly. And it's like it's like the preacher's daughter. (laughs) Exactly. Right? But it's not though. (laughs) But anyway, yeah, no, the butcher's son though. Seriously. The butcher's son is one of the best. This motherfucker grows up realizes this is all fucking bullshit. Yeah. And goes out the other side. The butcher's son, the guy who understands. It's like, right. So ask any kid who lives on a farm. Any that. kid who lives on yeah. the farm will tell you, like, yeah, we can't get too close to those pigs, even though yeah, they remember. Can. I mean, a pig will remember you the way a dog does. Yeah. Like if you know the pig, it'll come up to you and say hi, and it knows you. It looks you in the eye the way a dog does, the way even a cat can't do. You know. That sucks. That sucks. <laughs> you can't get close to your Yeah. Well, there's a pig. Babe. Babe. Charles Webb. Oh, okay. Yeah, or babe. Wilbur's a babe. I wouldn't have killed babe. Wilbur? Yeah. I, I want to bring your kid Wilbur. I would, yeah. I, that, I've actually said that before. Like, Really? If I ever have a son, his name's going to be Wilbur. Yeah? And then the next yeah. one will be Gilbert. Gilbert. <laughs> Wilbur then Gilbert. Willie and Gilly. <laughs> Willie and Gilly. <laughs> Shouts out Ace Sides. What if he has a daughter? What if he have a daughter? Wilbur and Gilbert. Gilly kind of works as a lady's name. Gilly's kind of a girl's name. I don't know if it's Gilbert, but it kind of works. Right. Get get creative. Shouts out to the animals, though, man. I've never met a Wilbur before. Yeah, I don't think I have. It's like the goofiest fucking name. Like, I know my son will just be made fun of all the time, but. I met a pubert before. Pubert? That was pretty. Did he go through puberty? I hope so. Pubert <laughs> is a fucking funny ass name. It is a funny <laughs> name, dude. It is a funny name. There's just some funny names that I'm just like, dude, like parents, like, what, what, like, what drugs do you guys have? What, what happened? Like, did you not consider your kid? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, people are going to have to call in this for the rest of their life. 
And then you're gonna be like Chad Oshoshinko, or you'll be like, you know what I mean? There was a little dude. I went to a fucking soccer game. It was like a little kids soccer game. You just watching little kids football. <laughs> 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 it, was it was my girlfriend's uh, fucking niece, and like we took her to the fucking soccer game. And there's a girl on her team. These are like four, five, six year old girls. Mm-hmm. And her fucking name, her last like name, was like name? Dick. Oh, was it? <laughs> no, yeah. So then, and they wrote. Or was it Richard? Like Lil Dick. Was Lil it Lil Dick? <laughs> no way. I swear to God. Oh, bro. Like five or six year old dick. <laughs> Jeez. Does anybody know why, 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 why people like, like, if your name is William and then they call you Bill, or if your name is Richard, that you then you're Dick. Yeah. I never fucking. I never. Like what the word like? Can I, just, I need yeah. maybe ask Siri. I guess we're in the age of information. I never, I never thought to ask her. But uh, the weirdest one to me is how Jonathan either. makes Jack. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I don't a, get it. I won't get it. I'm just glad I'm not yeah, any no. of those. That's some old timey shit, dude. It is yeah. old timey shit. Some old timey shit. I'm just simply Fred, Frederick, Freddie, Fredward, Fredward. I call him Fredward. I call yeah. him Fred Jr. Fred Jr. Shout out to Big Fred, man. What's up, Fred Sr.? Shout out to Big Fred. <laughs> I'm still friends with Fred. Yo, yes. Freddie and I met when... How old were you, Fred, when we met? You were probably like 14, 15 youngster, years old. Man, yeah. You were a little kid. I was a youngster, and I was just... And then, at, like, at, like when I turned 16, 17, I was just... I just what was your first impression of him? He was just a cool little kid, and he was curious because he came over. Because here's the thing: here's where my—I mean, now Fred's like family. He's one of my closest friends, but it's because he's an adult. We can be best friends. When he was a child, yeah, it's like the <laughs> kid next door. Whatever you know how age crazy. works like that, you right. know. So I, when I meet Freddie, what I'm like 27, and you're like. 15, 15, 16, something like yeah, that. 15, 15, yeah. And I, um, this all leads to everything Freddie does right now. I used to screen t-shirts. That yeah. was one of the ways I supplemented the income of the label early on. Yeah. I used to make one inch yeah. buttons yeah. and I used to screen print t-shirts. And that's another thing without sidelining from my story about Freddie too much. If you want to start a business, and especially if you want to do a business in entertainment, mm -hmm. find a side hustle to that. Yeah. How yeah. else you can contribute yeah. when make some money yeah. and give people what they need. There's a demand for that and you'll meet people. Yeah. When I first got involved and started Tank Crimes, the first thing I had was a one inch button press. Yo, I would just, if I liked a band, they didn't have to be a big band. Just local bands that I knew. Yeah. I would make them like 50 Merch. buttons. Yeah. I'd just make them 50 buttons. Take me an hour. Cost me nothing. Yeah. Make them 50 buttons. Show up to their show. Hey, what's up, you guys? I'm, I'm Scotty. I make buttons. I made these buttons for you guys. Like, you guys are sick. Yeah. Nine those, times those out of ten. Long way. Nine times out of ten. Those are my new homies. Goes I have bands way. that ended up on my label because of that introduction. Yeah. And at the very least, they're like, oh shit, you Crazy make these? Can you make us more? Right. We'll pay you for right. these. Like, it will take those. And then you build a relationship from you there. You build a relationship from there. Yeah. So when I met Freddie, I was screen printing in my garage, the garage I still operate the uh, record label out of. 
I was just screening t-shirts and he's just a scrappy little kid next door came just, over like hey curious, buddy yeah. what are you doing I'm like right. hey kiddo right. come on over and check it out I find like, any excuse this to, is to how come you do over it, there you know any excuse like I'm like oh I'm interested too you know but uh, it's, and then a few that's, years that's, later that's, I gave him all the shit yeah that, that that's funny because uh, yeah you didn't give me all I the just shit. gave him all the screen yeah. he yeah. still has some of the screen printing shit that's I gave him right me all of the right yeah yeah true yeah, true, true 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 because that, that's how it was um, passed down because the flash dryer was given to me by someone else right it's one of those fucking yeah. trades dude yeah. where it's like yeah, yo that flash if you have out. patience. And a tiny bit of intelligence and a tiny bit of, um, you have to be a little bit of an artist, but you don't have to be an artist, but you have to have that attention to detail yeah, is what exactly. I'm looking for. If you got an attention to detail and patience, you can screen print. And that is a career. Right. Mm -hmm. That is um, a trade to learn. 100%. And it yeah. doesn't go away. Yeah. And the thing is too, and like you said, the key word trade, uh, because money is not the biggest thing. Like you were talking about earlier, like money's not the biggest thing, you know? It's uh, more growth, and like the thing is, is that uh, one of our um, guests that we had on Big uh, Boss Light Big Spence, who was doing really had a really phenomenal and big year in summer, whatever with uh, in rap. Um, to today, I dropped off some merch for him, um, and just as being a good friend to him, and also as him coming on the show as a guest. But this was our gift to him. Like, here's some merch for you. Yeah. Like, 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 so, like, these are going to be worn on some of your fans' backs that support you. And then they're going to wear it, and they're going to post it on Instagram, and that's going to go there, and that's going right. to be seen here, and then it's going to be seen there. Or we could have just gave you some fucking cash, bam, you go spend it in one day. Yeah, that's no, it. It's, that's it's, it. It's more, that's it's, it. it's, 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 it um, doesn't go anywhere else. Yeah. So, it's more thoughtful to learn it, that. It goes a lot farther. <laughs> For sure. Yeah, to learn that, that, that trait, but that hustle. And that mentality, and that's you putting your time and your effort and your like appreciation into yeah. and it reciprocating. It doesn't go unnoticed. It doesn't go unnoticed. Um, just and then today, I watched Freddie turn from boy to man, dude, and I couldn't be more stoked to be a, like we're family. It's one of my best friends, so it's like that. Absolutely. And this was a kid. I was like, oh, you want to see a couple more things? Oh, you want to see yeah. something else? And it was just. They used to have the craziest parties too, by the way. Yeah. And like, yeah, the craziest parties. And I, I, I yeah, just- we don't have parties that crazy anymore. Not anymore, not anymore. Nah. I wish I did since I'm old enough to bone some of the chicks. Yeah, yeah, when the parties were really crazy, you were a little too much of a minor. I was little, like, man. Yeah, you know, you could've, you could've, you know, you could've put me on. <laughs> it's all good though. But yeah, hey, shout out to Scotty, Tank Crimes. Out Check out Tank Crime TV if you are not already checking it out. Um, yeah, what's, what's the Instagram again? Yeah. Tank Crimes. Tank Everything's crime. Tank Crimes. Everything if you type Tank, tank Crimes in your phone, you will find all the shit. Except you can't search on Spotify for Tank Crimes. So you yeah, got to yeah. search for Ghoul right. or Necrot. Exactly. Exactly. Tell us about some of our table. Um, all right, so tell us about what we have on the table right now. <laughs> what I think, Shout out PBR. No, here's the thing. You know what I think is the most interesting thing on the table right now? Because anybody listening who doesn't already know what Tank Crimes is yeah. and is curious, they're going to they're gonna dig. They're going to yeah. do that, what we just told them. One of the things I want to talk about is a couple things on the table are gig flyers. Okay? Here and here. 
And I want to talk about how important it's been for me to have a home for the musicians as far as releasing their music, but being a home for the musicians to book shows where they can play and yeah. bring a lot of people out and do that. You create a lot and of that platforms. that to me is the biggest way to give, is to host events. Like, so it's like, I'm not from Oakland. I'm not from San Francisco. There's such music from yeah. the fucking Grateful Dead to Rancid to E-40 to Lil B. Like shit yeah. we talked about. It's across the thing, the Dead Kennedys. Yeah. There's so much punk from here, so much things from here. I come from another place. Not everybody looks at it like this, and I've been here longer. I've been here for more yeah, years of my life than, than I lived other places. But I want to give back, okay? Absolutely. Giving back having events, having functions, giving people something to do entertainment i feel like it's a great way to give back to your community and so hosting shows for tank crimes is one of the funnest things i do because it's all right there in front of me i do a victory lap while it's happening yeah. i throw an event i spend three months promoting for it getting all fires I fucking put them on every fucking phone pole in Oakland. I don't just make a Facebook event page. I don't just fucking post a fucking JPEG on fucking Instagram. I hit the streets. I let them know we do good and nothing feels better to me as someone who wants to contribute to music and arts and community than throwing an event yeah. that then and I mean, there's been growth the whole time, but then brings people out to just have a good time. I mean, that's really what I, I'm a host. Like my dad owned a bar. I'm, I'm, that's yeah. where, how I grew up is like a host, you know? I'm not a musician, I'm not an artist. I'm also not a businessman. I took some weird blender of like knowing a little <laughs> bit about the three things yeah. and turned it into that. And I'd say the biggest part of my success is that I'm a host. Yeah. I want to host bands on the label. I want to host events for people to come out. I want people to come out and I want them to have a good time. That's really, really important to me. Yeah. Not that they just come out, that they have a good time mm -hmm. and that they recognize that this particular event, and this is where it gets a little competition wise, but competition's healthy and it keeps you going. Mm -hmm. I want motherfuckers to know that my parties are funner than other people's parties. Mm -hmm. That there's a better vibe there. That yeah. there's a more community feeling. That you can just tell that all the artists are friends with each other and yeah. all uh, supporting each other. You know, it's not yeah. a competition between the artists. Right. It's more of a cooperation. And um, so of all the all the shit we busted out on the table, I think the flyers are the most important because I do these things called Tank Crimes Takeovers. And we sell the place out, dude. This one right here, we sold out the Oakland Metro. That's 900 yeah, people. Yeah, Those yeah. are all local bands. Yeah, yeah. This all locals, dude. Yeah. Draw 900 people to the Oakland Metro on a Saturday night. Yeah. That's, I do that victory lap. That is, means everything to me.
Yeah. That means everything to me. And that's when I also get, that's when people, I can walk through the crowd and motherfuckers want to give me a high five or a hug. Yeah. And that is dope. Yeah. Take a fucking selfie. That's like, wow, dude, you care about this shit enough to want, it's such little things, you know? Mm-hmm. Like for me to be like, yo, you want to take a selfie with me? Yeah. I'm not even in a band. Mm-hmm cool well I brought everybody here right I, I brought everybody here right. and it wasn't it wasn't overnight you know yeah for sure and when I'm touring with municipal waste in the states um, it's the difference between the states and Europe when I'm touring the, with municipal waste in Europe nobody knows who the fuck I am which is fine that's <laughs> Europe some people do yeah when I'm touring with municipal waste in the states kids will yell when I'm up setting up the guitar pedals and stuff before my guys come out and rock the show There'll be kids that are like, hey, tank crimes, hey, whatever. Kids will pull me over to the front for a quick photo or whatever. Nothing's fucking cooler than me. Dude, kids will yell tank crimes TV at the stage while I'm like fucking setting a mic stand at the proper fucking height. Yeah. And I just beam, dude. I just glow. Dude, you know know what's even sicker? And this is what I want to end this show, this uh, segment on. Like, long live Chico. Oh my dog! The dog, like, <laughs> like, like, no. I'm he was the mascot. He was the mascot. I'm He's serious. been dead I'm a couple serious. years I'm now. Serious. I'm serious. Long live, long live Chico. He loved Freddy. Long live Chico. Um, and I'm, I'm serious, serious about this. Is long live Chico. I love, I love Freddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, but people know who Chico is. People like, know yeah, Chico. People, know people Chico. still tell me like, yeah. oh, I'm really sorry about Chico, yeah. and I'm like, he was yeah. 15 years old yeah. and he died two years ago. Yeah. And God, you're so nice for saying that. Yeah. Long live Chico, bro. Um, yeah, long live Chico, man. Shout out to ASOS, man. Shout out to Scotty Tank Crimes. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for being here tonight. I'm really happy like, to be here. I had a really good time. You Thank tonight. you, guys. Um, there's a lot about the business that I'm sure, like, I've taken, that I'm sure the listeners have taken. That um, I've taken, yeah. for sure. So, great stories as yeah, well. Shout Thank out you. to you, man. And just, um, just keep, continue to inspire and, um, like like you said, man, there's like, it's just a blend, man. We're all like trying to find that blend and like, you know, because we're not, maybe we didn't go to school for this or this or that, but like, we're just all trying to find our way and like, you know, for... That's why I'm really happy to be here because I do, I, I do a lot of podcasts and, but they're mostly um, focused on what I do. Yeah. I really was happy to come here because you guys are just focused on what anybody does if it's interesting and inspiring and thoughtful. Yeah, absolutely. You want and I just, you know, um, that's what makes me stoked, man. Because like I said, I don't work for money. I work for growth. Absolutely. So if a couple people check out Tank Crimes or even just inspired by, by something that was said here, even if it was said by one of you guys, man, that's really fantastic. Thank you, brother. That's amazing, yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Sure. Rock it up, Mikey. Shit, well, I don't know. Like, <laughs> hey, yeah. Hell yeah. Well, that was a, thank that you, was, everyone, yeah. for thank listening. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Scotty, for being on. Peace. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Chico, baby.